Thank you for listening. This is Israel Rebound, a podcast joining people in Nebraska to Israel, exploring the ties that bind us through culture, identity, and current events. I'm Alan Potash in Omaha, and I'm joined with my co-hosts, Liz Felstrin in Jerusalem. Liz, how are you today? Hey, Alan. I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, we've been stuffing our conversations with Sufganiot for the past couple of weeks. How about if we pass on to a more maybe timely conversation and talk about family gatherings and how we have challenging conversations around the table? So as you know, this week um, is the holiday of Thanksgiving in America, and that in mm-hmm. itself has become a controversial uh, holiday, meaning going back into the history of how it was created, but really it's become a central place for families to have conversations. And sometimes those conversations get heated uh, and uh, some people are very uncomfortable about it. As we bring more and more people into our homes and have conversations, how do you see a parallel or just a connection of how we can talk about things as a family, knowing there are challenging topics in front of us? Yeah, so it's interesting that Thanksgiving specifically is the holiday that, for whatever reason, has come to be associated with families getting together and perhaps having uh, tense conversations, right? It's not the only time of year that families get together, but this is the one that we think about. You know, nobody says, oh, 4th of July, going to have to deal with my uncle whose views I don't agree with. It's Thanksgiving in particular. I don't know if it's because it's in November, shortly after elections or what. Um, but just an interesting thing of like, why why Thanksgiving? I don't know. Um, and I think we should also, of course, recognize that there are other times that families get together and have what can be um, fraught even conversations. I'll say even in my own family this past Shabbat, I don't know how we got on it, but we got onto a very deep topic, which it turns out people had uh, passionate and different views on. And so I was just myself in this space, even pre-Thanksgiving, of navigating, you know, what does a family conversation look like when uh, people are literally around the table and don't all agree? So I think that's a great point. I think that the idea that you just referenced that around the table is the place that these conversations take place. So you referenced 4th of July or Yom Atzmud or other um, holidays, national and religious holidays, sometimes they take place outside and not around a table. Um, well, let's be clear here. I, <laughs> we as Jews, there's always a table with food on it. I'm not aware of any holiday except for Yom Kippur where that's not the main event, but okay, maybe some more than others. So that's, <laughs> I liked it. That's really, that's really good. So is it the food that's the conversation starter? Is it the face-to-face around a table? Is it the closeness, the intimacy of the meal that generates the comfort of having challenging conversations? I mean, maybe all of the above, right? And with Thanksgiving also, maybe the, the topic of the holiday, this idea of, you know, being thankful and what is it that we have to be thankful for and what is it that we're still working on and who can be thankful and who is not having their needs met right now, right? Like that, those, 
questions are built in to a certain extent to the whole idea of Thanksgiving. Um, so maybe that's also part of the reason why, but, you know, I think there are two, maybe, well, look, all things are a spectrum in my view, right? I'm, I'm not a sort of dogmatic black and white type of person in my nature. I think everything's on a spectrum and everything can be complicated and nuanced if, if we're honest, but, um, there are maybe two ends of the spectrum of how one deals with having or not having these uh, tense family conversations, right? Either you can say, yeah, we're going to all let it all hang out. We're going to yell at each other. We're going to argue. We're going to fight. And maybe it's going to get ugly. And on the other end of the spectrum, you can say that you're, you're going to be quiet. You're going to let it go when some family member says something that you don't agree with, or maybe you even find offensive, right? Like you're not going to get into it for the sake of this family meal. And I would like to think, and I would like to suggest that there, that there are other options than just those two sort of ends of the spectrum. I am. So before I, before I I let you get, no, I just, I think that I want to hear what you mean by, by that, but I also want to just preface a little bit why. You know, so you you talked about maybe it's because the elections happened in November, and so there's that. There are also current events that people like to talk about, and sometimes they hold them in, hold those current events in until they know that they're going to be in a room of people that they disagree with, and they can generate some feedback to see. But also, if you think about family events, there are always new people in the family. There's somebody who's bringing a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a spouse in that hasn't been in the family before, and there's usually a little... Uh, briefing that takes place beforehand. Remember, you know we're we're going to have new people in our home, so you don't want to demonstrate that you're um, you feel this way about certain things. I'm just making that scenario up, but I do know from my past experience that when you walk into somebody's home for the first time, you don't really know how to act. And I think that that's kind of what I'm hearing you talk about. That there's a new way, or not a new way, but there's a an, a way to approach a new environment when you're going to be with people and have a challenging conversation or just have a decent conversation. Am I close? Uh, Well, so having new people in the equation is a whole nother layer. I am, and I'm not familiar with the briefing. Nobody ever gave me a briefing about you're coming into this new family and here's what you can and can't talk about. I was just allowed to, you know, repeatedly, shove my foot in my mouth in all sorts of places. So I but wish I, somebody had given me a briefing at a few different No, I, 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 I've done that as well. So you you never told um, your husband when he came to your family's house for a meal to be aware of this uncle or this aunt or this cousin or this sibling uh, of their opinions? I don't think so. It's like, you know, just proceed at your own <laughs> peril and what happens, happens. I don't know. Maybe your family's nicer than mine, giving people a bit of a, you know, pre-warning. But, um, but you know, with this idea of sort of all-out war or not saying what we really feel for the sake of keeping the peace and, and having things be calm, um, I do think that there's another at least one other option. There are probably several other options, but one that I've been thinking about, I am, 
And it's not a, a radical idea by any means. But uh, a colleague of mine recently, who happens to be ultra orthodox, a Haredi man, right? So, you know, black furry hat, long black coat, like very ultra orthodox, the whole deal. And he said to me, you know, what I think there ought to be more of are neutral spaces. And I said, what, what does that mean? What is a neutral space? And he said, well, you know, like our, like our office, where everybody comes and we have all different kinds of people. And we agree that we're here for some shared purpose. We're going to come in and we're going to do the work. Or we're going to come in and we're going to discuss this issue or figure out how to solve this problem. And there's no agenda or expectation that anybody is going to change anybody else's mind, but that our job is to come in and do this thing together. And that if we had more spaces like that, um, there'd be more conversations and people would be more comfortable interacting in all sorts of ways with people who are not like them. And I thought that this was a really interesting concept especially because it comes from someone who is from a very particular right, uh, background and, and minority within uh, Israeli society, within the Jewish community. Um, and I wonder, you know, if this is a helpful paradigm. If we come to our Thanksgiving tables, to our family meals with the idea of our mission is to have a conversation together and to have a meal together and say what we think, but not that there's no agenda of anybody else agreeing with us or changing anybody else's mind. What do you think? So it sounds to me like that's a great idea. Uh, and it, it reminds me of group facilitation that you always start off with ground rules. So you're, mm -hmm. you want to, you want to create a safe space for people to share their ideas and their opinions, knowing that I might say something controversial, but you're going to respect the fact that I'm saying something controversial and you won't attack me, but you'll ask me why I'm saying what I'm saying. So I like that idea as we think about how we can evolve a conversation to not be an argument. Now, mm -hmm. now the workplace has a, usually um, has an understanding of, of controlling the conversation to where people continue to be respectful of each other. A family's home is not always the same as a workplace, or especially if you're a visitor in somebody's home on a holiday. Um, that's true. I don't know if it's helpful if we all have in our heads, let's act the way we would in the office. Uh, we want to feel a little freer than that, I guess, around our holiday tables. Um, but, uh, you know, the so, the I, the right. idea still, I think, is a is a helpful one, right? That we're there, we're there to do this thing that we want to do together. We're there because we're there because we want to mark this occasion and we want to have this meal together. And how do we do that thing while also, you know, sharing of ourselves and our ideas and but not, but in a way that makes space for for everyone else to do the same. So it, can it also be similar to what a, a Passover Seder is about? 
so Passover Seder, you have a guideline of the uh, the Haggadah, but in most Seder tables I've been a part of, the conversation changes based on something that somebody is is connecting with in terms of the Seder. So is is that part of the concept? Is that you have an outline or a guidebook for the conversation, and then see where it goes from there? I am. Um, I mean. Look, I, maybe some families' holiday meals are that structured that they want to have sort of a planned, you know, we're going to talk about this, and then we're going to talk about the weather, and then we're going to talk about Uncle Jim's psoriasis, and then we're going to, I don't know. Um, if Look, if we had an outline to follow, there would be a lot less guesswork of where is this conversation going to take us. But in that sort of organic environment of family meals and not knowing where it's going to go, I think that's the that's the real question of how do we do that and not have it get derailed, right? Are there, are there these ground rules like you mentioned, and what are they, and does everybody know them? Um, while at the same time we don't want to feel like there's rules, right? Well, for, that, for how we act in our family's holiday meal. Yeah, you don't want to be confined to the rules. You want to be free and comfortable to have a conversation and say whatever it is you want to say. I'm going to come back to the fact that you started to have a conversation around the Shabbat table, because in my, in my history of Shabbats, uh, you know, oftentimes you start a Shabbat meal with a, a review of the Torah portion of the week. And that's kind of your starting point of a conversation. Sometimes, not always. Um, or there was an event that took place during the week, week that you want to talk about. So you have something that's triggering a conversation. Um, I think that to me, the idea to have something in your back pocket to start a conversation can help the fluid nature of what goes on around the table. For sure. Now, Thanksgiving in and of itself may be a complicated topic to have be the starter of the conversation, right? Because exactly how this holiday got started and what we're thankful for and who, you know, benefited from the early uh, celebrations of Thanksgiving and who's totally left out of that story is something that we see very differently now than we did, you know, 10, 20, 30 more years ago. I am. So to start a conversation around the idea of Thanksgiving may already be complicated in some families. True. Uh, I don't disagree with that. Um, But what is what is Thanksgiving? It's gratitude. It's acknowledging something. It's giving thanks for something. So there's a, a connection to many different, you know, facets of what the holiday can be. The historical nature of it is definitely something that has to be explored. Maybe not at the day on the day that you're doing it, but it's something mm-hmm. that one needs to resolve. Liz, I think this is a, a great conversation. I what I like to do, and I don't know if you're going anywhere for Thanksgiving in Israel next Tuesday or Thursday. Do you guys celebrate Thanksgiving at all in Israel as an American holiday? So we, we, I am. We don't really do anything on the Thursday anymore, but we usually do a Thanksgiving themed Friday night meal on the okay. Friday right after. So yes, we will have Thanksgiving fair. And uh, and now I will be encouraged to figure out how to have a conversation 
that uh, lets everybody at the table share what they want to share, but keeps the conversation feeling safe and um, and and you know and makes room, like we said, for everyone around the table. So I'm going to post something to you, and maybe you don't want to take advantage of it. In your conversation, I'm going to try to do the same uh, in my Thanksgiving table, although it'd be at my sister's house, to toss out something, a topic, to see how people resonate with the topic, one that might not be connected to what other people are thinking. It could be neutral. It could be con- it could be conversational. It could be uh, controversial. Um, see what happens when you pepper the conversation with something that people aren't really thinking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, look, and especially in our family, right? Like with the, uh, I mean, my oldest is 12. So he's sort of just on that cusp of really being able to follow the adult conversation and, and being interested enough to want to, right? To want to weigh in, to want to contribute. And actually this this Shabbat conversation that I was referencing that got quite heated, he he inserted himself into. Good. Um, and it's really one of the first times that that's happened. So I think uh, we're at an excellent time for throwing out topics and letting people say what they have to say because we have a, a new member of the family who has you know interesting and mature and, and thoughtful things to say. So I will leave us there. And you and I, when we meet next week after Thanksgiving or after your Shabbat dinner, we will debrief how our conversations evolved and whether they were peaceful. I can't imagine mine not being peaceful, but who knows? Uh, we'll see. So I want to thank, thank you, Liz, for your time today and thank our listeners for listening to Israel Rebound. Uh, have yes, a great week. A happy Thanksgiving to everyone and, uh, and very soon a happy Hanukkah as well. That's right. And no more talk about donuts. <laughs>